I know we said we wouldn't be bad this week, but we are because guess what? Things move fast in COVID world. SRC Season 8, Episode 2, Ryan Collins, Eric Bach, Nathan Stearns. We got a Big Ten schedule we got to break down today, boys. Sounds good. Let's do it. Exciting, exciting time. It's more real by the day. I'm telling you, more real by the day. So I, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but how was the weekend? How was your college football weekend? You guys catch any of the games? I got a couple. Georgia Tech laying a giant deuce for me in SRZ and the pick again. Was looking forward to the Baylor game, and then they got canceled, and Notre Dame and Wake's canceled this week. So kind of a giant mess right now. Notre Dame yeah. didn't save college football. <laughs> you see all those tweets? I mean, yes. I, Notre Dame, I mean, they had a huge outbreak earlier, so I was surprised that there hasn't been anything going on with their program and everything in the last couple of weeks, but that sucks. I mean, I, I know Wake is no – I think that's the first conference game to get canceled, though, right? Yes. In the ACC, I believe so, yes. I watched the, games, uh, the Miami-Louisville game, a lot of it. Dude, and I I, I, wanna t- I was going to say something about this game. The Louisville defensive coordinator might have had money on Miami. I'm sorry. I think that- so. I was just saying – my comment was going to be that Louisville is not good. Like, Derek King was good, and he's going to be a solid player this se- season for Miami, but he's not like some world beater that Louisville made him look like. I mean, there was – I think they scored two straight drives on their first play, 75 yards. Mm-hmm. And the second one was literally – I think a little bit of a play action, like, fake. And I think all nine were in the bots, and there was just no one in the secondary. They just slipped a tight end. There was a 75-yard touchdown. Yep. Louisville's D.C.'s got to figure it out. I, I like Louisville, though. I like their quarterback. I like that Cunningham kid. He's a good player. Yeah, I like him. But they're not – they can't stop anybody. Like, you yeah. said it. I mean, not Miami is good, but they're not some world beater. And – Louisville just had no answer. So I was I was underwhelmed by Louisville. I thought that they were going to be better than they were. I mean, I think the biggest thing, I mean, right after, I don't know if it was the day after we recorded last week, the Big Ten schedule came out. I mean, that's really exciting. The thing that's got me most excited this week is SEC football's back this week. Mm, true. And there's some decent matchups. Like LSU, Mississippi State. The conference is pretty deep this year for the SEC. You guys looking forward to watching any of these teams play? Absolutely. I'm, I know everybody's going to say this, but how in the post-Joe Burrow era, the post-Joe Brady era, how's LSU going to come out? Obviously, Coach O is under fire for saying that three-fourths of the team had COVID, so I'm wondering if they're going to be able to put all those mental blocks behind them and come out and whip Mississippi State, as they should be able to. First of all, how, how, I love Coach O, but I don't. That like doesn't really add up because they've all been on campus, and I feel like they would have had shutdowns before. But whatever. Well, nobody tested positive. The game that I'm looking forward to watching the most in the SEC. There's one ranked matchup: Kentucky and Auburn, and that's in the Pick'em later. Another game that I'm going to add to the Pick'em. The team that I'm most interested in watching is Tennessee. Yeah, um, Tennessee goes to South Carolina. They're ranked 16th. Right now, um, obviously haven't played a game yet, but go to South Carolina. Um, I was watching something with Peyton Manning yesterday saying that he has all the confidence in the world that Jeremy Pruitt's going to get that thing turned around in Tennessee. Now, I guess now that's coming from the most notable Tennessee alum out there. you got to keep that in mind. But um, he seemed to have some real confidence. So I'm interested to see 
to see what Tennessee looks like and to see what steps they've taken in year two under Jeremy Pruitt. They, I mean, they look pretty good at the end of, the, end of last year. Yeah. I mean, their problem – I mean, they – Still's never to be – I mean, Talon and Still are never to be the problem for them. It's just quarterback play and coaching. And I think Pruitt – it's kind of funny that Pruitt, like, his meteoric rise, like, he was basically like an afterthought when they hired him because – he definitely wasn't a first choice. But sometimes that like type of stuff kind of works out. Like like hundred dog hundred year dog runs faster. You know what I mean? Like that's right. Yeah. So I don't know. I that's a good pit though. Tennessee is interesting. Is is that number two guy their quarterback, Warner Tino? I don't know how to say his last name, but Yeah. T- yeah. Tennessee's I don't know. out I don't... fantastic jerseys. That's all I care about. I don't know exactly how to say his name. Jared Guarantano, I think. Yeah, that's a tough name. That's a tough yeah. name. Athletic guy, though. He can throw and run. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, and, I mean, you he's know, had some. Year two, under, he's the undisputed guy now. This is like his offense. So I'm excited to see how he can play. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But let's get to brass stats. A little shorter episode this week. But, I mean, schedule release, SRZ, we have to, we have to talk about it because it's big news. Before you listen to this, you should take a look at Bot's article. Shameless plug. I like how someone put that in the in our Bot doc. Put this shameless week. plug over his own article. Yeah. Yes, I refuse. Yeah, it's great. I love that. But first of all, I mean, we'll just go week through week. We're just gonna start out Michigan State schedule, and then we'll go week week through week through the big time. So MSU week one, they get Rutgers. Week two, Michigan on Halloween, and then COVID spreads throughout the state that day. <laughs> week three at Iowa. Week four, I believe at at home and it's Indiana. They yep. switched that. The, Michigan and Indiana were both flipped this year, and they yep. kind of have reset the schedules for those two programs. Which, if you're a Michigan State season ticket holder, you're happy about. Totally. Because you don't get Michigan and Ohio State on the same year every year anymore. Now you got to yep. split out. And that's yep. yeah, Maryland on the road. Northwestern, I believe, at home. Home, yep. And then you got Ohio State at home. And then last game of the season, the land grant goes back to where it should be last game of the season at Penn State. I, I actually – I think they've released the Big Ten schedule for the previous – I mean, for the next couple of years. I hope they just kind of, like, scrap that and they're going to be like, hey, we're going to play Michigan State, Penn State at the last game of the year. Because it should be there. Well, with all the location changes – um, with a few of the teams like Michigan and Indiana, and there's a couple of teams in the West that did the same thing. Um, they're going to have to redo some of the scheduling. So I would imagine that um, since the, the powers that be have been told that these two schools want to play each other the last week of the year, that there's going to be some work done to get that done. I, I would imagine. I hope. What's it called though? But a- anything that jumps out with you, just immediate reaction. Because I have some pretty strong tastes about the schedule. I, I, I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Well, for me, the three-game stretch in the middle of Indiana, Maryland, and Northwestern is the key to Michigan State's season. If Michigan State can go 3-0 and in that stretch, that is a very manageable stretch. You know, you, you got two road games. It comes after two road games in a row at Michigan and at Iowa. Now, road games this year aren't what they normally are with no fans in the stands, but still, they're road games. And um, but two home games in Indiana, then you travel to Maryland and you have a home game against Northwestern. 
And Michigan State wants to be 500 or better. They have to win all three of those games. And I think it's very – it's not unrealistic to say that they definitely could win all three of those games this, this season. I look at that Michigan-Iowa stretch week two and week three. I think there is a possibility that, Michi- that Michigan State could split either one of those games, obviously going to Ann Arbor on Michigan um, – going to Ann Arbor on Halloween – you don't know what Joe Milton's going to be. Up until three weeks ago, you thought Dylan McCaffrey was going to be the starting quarterback. And now you bring in a guy with very limited playing experience who, by all accounts, has struggled a lot with his accuracy, to, regardless of how athletic he is. You're talking about a team that lost Cesar Ruiz up front, Ben Bredesen up front. They lost a lot of offensive linemen. You don't know if Nico Collins is going to opt back in. I know Jalen Mayfield has opted back in, which is huge for them. But Michigan – it's not what they normally are. And I know they don't develop talent, and I know that that's always been a problem with them, but this isn't the DPJ, healthy Tariq Black, Nico Collins receiving core. I mean, it, even if Nico Collins comes back, you're running out him and Ronnie Bell, who's not bad but doesn't exactly scare the pants off of me like, DP, like DPJ did. Then on the D-line, Quiddy Pay, Aiden Hutchinson, it's like, yeah, they're – Good, man, but you're not – this isn't Mo Hurst or Sean Gary. I don't know, Quinny Payne might pick. be a first-round pick, dude. Aiden Hutchinson's good, too, I think. I, what's the, I get what you're saying, Stearns, that the Michigan and at Iowa is not as daunting as it looked maybe when you got the season started because Michigan doesn't have a plethora of guys that they thought they were going to have, and, and there's a lot of questions now kind of around Michigan because you just got a new starting quarterback. You don't know. You just you're not gonna know until you see it. Well, it's not like Michigan State's super stable at the quarterback yeah, position no, either. No, no. And, and that's what I was gonna get to Iowa. Like, I mean, they're having right. a new quarterback too. I, I, when the season came out last year and everyone was going like, oh, they have to go to Kennet next year. I always looked at that as an opportunity for Michigan State to maybe get a win because I know Iowa's ranked and they have a decent amount of returning pieces, but they lost a lot on that offensive line. And they lost their quarterback. It's to me quite the adjustment for this offense that usually struggles year in and year out. So I don't think that game is unmanageable, like you said. And, and I, I think my take is I think Michigan State got the benefit of the draw. Maybe maybe totally. better than yes. anyone in the conference. You can well, argue maybe Ohio State. Ohio State had, had a pretty fortunate schedule, but you get Ohio Rutgers State's week. Games are all met, are all spread out is the yes. thing. And Michigan State's toughest two games are its last two games. And in my, in my article that I shamelessly plugged earlier, I Got picked him. Michigan State. To, I I picked Michigan State to go five and three to win those three games that I mentioned and to win, and to steal a game at Iowa. I have them losing to Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. And if Michigan State can steal that game at Iowa, like you said, Collins, it's that is the biggest opportunity. Michigan State to take the next step this year I think I think five and three would be dancing in the street success this first year for Mel Tucker I also think the Rutgers being week one is one of the biggest benefits it's such a benefit to this program and and especially Mel Tucker he's probably giving kisses to Kevin Warren and everyone at the commissioner's office right now because you don't – I mean, they say Rocky Lombardi, it seems like he's the starting quarterback. I don't think they've announced it, have they? I could be completely wrong, but – They haven't They haven't announced it, but I, they I mean, are proceeding as if Lombardi's the guy. Yes. So, I, I mean, anytime you're breaking in – I know Lombardi's got a lot of reps in and he's played in a few games 
for the past two years. But I mean, when you're just you're the guy, it, 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 you're gonna need. It's gonna take a couple of weeks to adjust, and they got another. They, I mean, it's a new offensive system, and that, I, I, it's not even about the quarterback. Any place you go with a new system, it's gonna be different, and especially mm-hmm. a team that didn't get spring ball and they're having this abbreviated practice schedule. So, I, if you're if you're Mel Tucker, you're thanking your stars. I and I. And if you're a Michigan State fan, I think you also like that you get Michigan Week too, because, like you said, Joe Milton's kind of a question mark, but he's a highly touted guy, so he he's probably going to figure it out, and he's probably going to be a successful quarterback. But in Week Two, it's hard for me to imagine that he's just all world right there. You know what I mean? Like, and if you ask a lot of Michigan State fans. We there's not a lot of aspirations to win the Big Ten or go to the college. There's none of that. It's have your offense look productive and beat Michigan. So, and, and, and if you want that goal to occur this year, I think the schedule sets up for a possibility of that happening. For the first time in as long as I can remember, the expectations for Michigan State have been reset. Like – with D'Antonio after the Rose Bowl and the Cotton Bowl and the playoff and all that that th- magical three-year run where they won 35 or 36 games, whatever it was, um, the the expectations after that in those next few years were, were sky high, as they should have been, because that's a program that has, you know, reached the top of the conference and reached the pinnacle of the sport is the college football playoff. And so – now, with a new staff and a completely unique situation, the expectations, anything, anything Mel Tucker does that's positive is going to be good enough this year. Yeah, and, and I want to get you in the midst here, Stearns. Bach, you said five and three. I think it's realistic. I honestly do. Stearns, do you think it is? And I, and I know we sound like the Homer students and stuff. It's just – if they get off to a good start, if they're two and one, it's hard. Not, like they could go five and three pretty easily. They could. Yeah. I think it's an outside possibility. Do I think it's crazy? No. Do I think it's likely? Probably not. I obviously have them beating Rutgers. I mean, you have Greg Schiano, Mel Tucker, but Rutgers is Rutgers, guys. Until Rutgers can prove that they can win a Big Ten game, can't have them beating Michigan State. And you want to talk about Kevin Warren helping out Michigan State. The one Big Ten West game that they got dropped was Minnesota. That was fortunate. You lose that game and you keep the Northwestern game at home. I know Northwestern has Peyton Ramsey. You still went three and nine last year and you still have shoddy success for a Big Ten program. There's no sustained excellence with Northwestern. Me personally, I'm thinking more four and four. Here's the thing with Michigan. This is a team that historically starts off slow out of the gate. Took them overtime last year to beat Army. I know they beat Middle Tennessee 40-21, to but that wasn't a pretty game. They're a team that takes a little bit to get going. It's normally the middle of the season, week five, week six, and they beat Wisconsin, they beat Penn State, and that's when things really start igniting. But without the home field advantage, I'm not – I really am not going to write that game off. You might as well be playing in a neutral field. You want to talk about road games still being road games. It's, Ann Arbor's 80 miles away. You hop on a bus and you're there in an hour and a half. It's not some 
arduous journey where you have to hop on a plane to Piscataway. And Iowa, as far as I'm concerned, obviously you lost Worfs, you lost AJ Espenza, not not I mean Stanley. Lost, I was gonna say you lost Stanley, you lost Ojemudier, you lost a lot. But the thing that people aren't talking about is the extracurricular stuff that's enveloped Iowa all season with the whistleblower complaints about fans being racist and that whole mess. If they're str- still trying to clean up that mess and you're not focused on football, that's a dangerous thing. Okay. If you have your mind in the gutter and you're more worried about saving your job than going out with reckless abandon, bad things happen. And I think the question has to be, where is Iowa's football mind right now? Because that right now is a mess. They're still trying to clean out all the fires from that. And until that happens, they're in a transition period too. They're probably the third best team in the West. I mean, maybe if Illinois goes off again, I know they struggled toward the latter part of last year, but if they go seven and five, eight and four, might be talking about Iowa as the fourth best team in the in the West. But they're not gonna be better than Wisconsin. They're not gonna be better than Minnesota. So this isn't some arduous, awful game. I mean, Iowa's always the backyard brawl 1960 sort of offense. And if Michigan State does lose, it'll probably be a 20 to 10, 17 to 13 game. It's just going to be a very ugly game where if you're like 40 to 35 matchups and you're a Big 12 fan, it's not, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. And I don't, I think they'll split one of those games. I can't tell you which one, but I like Mel Tucker a lot. I think this team's returning more talent, as I said last week, than people are giving them credit for. And the the thing with Milton, and I'm not, I know, I, I don't want to rag on Harbaugh, but again, it's like, you know, high recruit, as you said last week, Collins, when I brought up McCarthy, it's like, wh- where are they going to be? What are they going to run? They're, they, they're losing a lot of pieces. They really are. They're not, and they... I didn't think Joe Milton was all that impressive in the limited action he's got. I know he's extremely athletically talented. Limited action? What does he play, like maybe like two drives? (laughs) Yeah, limited action. What am I supposed to say? That is limited action. He didn't look good in the two first drives he's played as a collegiate athlete. That's tough. Well, McCaffrey hasn't played in 15 games either, and in the limited action he's got, he got rushing touchdown after rushing touchdown. You can still look good or not look good when you're – a game's 30 to 10 and you're going up against an opposing team's second or third stringers. If you're able to string together a couple of first downs, you look better than if you have Theo day in the game, as Eric said last week, and you screw up the play and then you're yanked off the field. That's a bad look. So I, I don't know. I really don't. I think there's a lot of question marks with this team, but I also think that their floor it's probably a three and five, four and four year. You're not going to see them lose to Rutgers. You're not going to see them lose to Mike Loxley in Maryland. Okay, that I right. cannot see happening. I think I did, they could lose to Maryland. They so could lose Stearns, to Maryland. So, yeah. Stearns, here's my question to you. You say that five and three is unlikely, but it's possible but unlikely. Yes. But you also say that you think that they're going to split the Michigan and Iowa games. So – if they do split the Michigan and Iowa games, you're thinking that they're going to lose one of the three to Indiana, Maryland, or Northwestern. Yeah, I can – Indiana, I know traditionally Michigan State beats Indiana, but I'm also trying to temper my expectations here. You get that – Indiana was their best win last year. It was. It was. It was. So, I don't know. Indiana's a tricky game because they're not a – They're, they're good. Right with, 
they're right where, where maybe a little bit above where Michigan State is, but historically, mm-hmm. them and them and Indiana—they're like the Detroit the Lions. Spot. They find a way to lose at the yeah, end. Yeah, but Indiana's good. I I think people like Peyton Ramsey was fine and whatever. I'm not the biggest Peyton Ramsey guy. That's why I'm not very high in Northwestern. I didn't think that was a splashy move, and that he's really going to change that offense that was anemic last year. Michael Penitz was good when he played yeah. for Indiana last year. He was very good. He'll be back. And Tom Allen's done something. Like, they're not bad. They blew a bowl game to Tennessee last year that I think kind of took the took the wind out of this. Not this wind out of the sails. Since I think it was a good season for Indiana. And looking forward, that's like the program's going forward. But if they would have beat Tennessee and I think like the Gator Bowl, I think that changes the perception a little bit. You're like, okay, this we had a really good year, had a good bowl win. And whatever. Indiana's good. I could see Michigan State losing to Indiana. They could lose they could lose any of these three games. I'm not saying that. I just the optimist in myself believes that Michigan State on paper has more talent than those three rosters. They do. I and and I'm not gonna go look at the recruiting websites and rivals and stuff like that. But the last couple of years they they didn't perform. So they could easily lose those three games. What I'm saying is I have faith in Mel Tucker that they're going to be coached up well. And that and, and that might be a pipe dream because they haven't had a lot of time with these guys. No, I agree. I think that we we as Michigan State people have to give the benefit of the doubt to player development to Mel Tucker and staff until proven otherwise. And some of the pieces are there. Like, defensively we talked a little bit last week about how the secondary was the weakness, but there are guys that have played a lot of games. And if, and if Harlan Barnett and uh, Scotty Hazleton can develop those guys, then the talent is there. Yeah. And if, if they can like, that's just one example of one position group on this team. The offensive line is probably the next best example of guys that are young, but somewhat experienced because they got thrown into the fire before they were ready because of injuries or, lack of production or any other reason. So the opportunity to, sh- to showcase the staff's ability to develop players are, is very much there, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, let's move on. A couple notable games in the Big Ten. We'll do the first two weeks because we're obviously, hopefully, we'll be able to discuss the ones later in the season. But week one, I mean, if you're a Michigan fan, I'll be pissed with the schedule. Because I, I understand they had a tough start to the year, regardless going on the road, and they're supposed to go to Seattle this year, play Washington. Yep. That was a game everyone was looking forward to. But having to play Minnesota week one is tough. Because I, I, I truly think Minnesota is the best team in the West. I just do. I think Tanner Morgan is a guy who can play in the NFL. Rashawn Bateman opted back in. And I, and I think Minnesota is a place that could roll – until P.J. Fleck decides to leave to go somewhere else. I agree. And Michigan, Michigan's going to have to be ready to play. And with the, the first like first start for Milton. I didn't even mention at that. At the beginning of the season. Like Michigan, yeah. there's as Stern said, last year they took some time to really come into their own. There is no time for that this year. Yep. They, have to be, they have to be sharp and ready to go from the opening kickoff because there are no middle Tennessees to, to work out your kinks. Like, like this is hit the ground running. And if Michigan's not ready, they will, they will definitely lose to Minnesota. And if they're not careful, they'll lose to Michigan state in week two too. If they're, if they aren't 
if they aren't careful. But uh, and, and another notable week one matchup, Nebraska goes to Ohio State. Nebraska, I feel like this is just warm. Like, hey, you want to play football this year? Yeah. Go play Ohio State week one. And Nebraska fans are kind of crazy. If you see them on the internet and stuff, they're like, oh, we're pumped up to play. We got Scott Frost third year. We're going to figure it out. I, I mean, I thought they made progress at the end of last year. And I'm a Scott Frost guy, so I think this will eventually work in Lincoln for him, but I mean, that's a rough start to year three. They got to play Ohio State, maybe the most talented team in the country. Week two in the Big Ten, Michigan State, U of M, we already talked about that, but mostly and mainly importantly, the biggest game probably in the league all year, Ohio State at Penn State. I mean, like the East, I mean, you can argue the East is going to be decided in week two. And I know Michigan, you, I, I haven't seen Milton, so I'm not counting out Michigan because they do have talent. I'm just saying I know they don't beat Ohio State. I'm not just going to count them out yet because I think it's a three-team race between those two. Michigan's a tier below those two teams. But still, like you said, Bob, the two superior teams in the league are playing week two, which is interesting. I think it's kind of funny The Big Ten's like, let's get it out of the way just in case we, we don't get to see it in week eight. Yeah, no, I the two – and Penn State's got to be a little upset that they're losing a year that they have a home game against Ohio State without fans in Happy Valley. That's got to be a little, That's, yeah, that, a little. You're, you're expecting a whiteout. Yeah, yeah. You don't get but, it. I mean, it is what it is. So, I mean, Penn State, same thing as Michigan. Ohio State's going to be ready to go. Like, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that Ryan Day and staff is going to have fields and that offense humming already by the time week two rolls around so it's just a matter of one if Micah Parsons opts back in for Penn State and two whether or not Sean Clifford can take the next step because Journey Journey Brown's a very solid Big Ten running back and they they lost KJ Hamler to the NFL that's really the only loss from that offense and if Sean Clifford can take the next step then Penn State has a chance yeah I don't they have a chance they got talent everywhere at Penn State. That's all, you, that's all you can ask for. I mean, Franklin's recruited very well. The staff there's really on top of their game. So, we'll see. But they, like, there's no time to be sloppy in this short season. That's for sure. And Michigan's going to know it. Michigan State maybe will have a little bit of a pass because of having Rutgers in week one. But Ohio State and Penn State are going to need to be at the at their A game in week two because that's the game that will decide who goes to Indianapolis, in my opinion. You know what the opening line was for Michigan State Rockers? Yes. What was that? Uh, MSU minus 17. Michigan State minus four. That's what I – oh, man. That's, that's rough. That is rough. So, I, I'm just – I think it might just be local bias maybe that there's a little bit more belief in the team. But nationally, I, I, I don't know what the win-loss record is, but it's got to be hovering around three. Three and was, a half, I think. It is? Because it was yeah. – I believe it was four and a half when it was a 12-game slate for the Spartans. So, I mean, it might just be the excitement that uh, we're all hearing about the practices. Like we heard yesterday, Antoine Simmons basically and Rocky Lombardi saying like, it was supposed to be like an easy practice, and then it got real intense real quick. He's like, these guys aren't playing. <laughs> these coaches aren't playing around. It's really high energy. But, I mean, we'll see. You got a couple more weeks. What, three weeks until first kickoff? Maybe a month? Like exactly what, a month? Four weeks, a month from Saturday. God, I wish it was quicker, but, it, it, I mean, 
do what the Tards are given, but whatever. Right. Move on to the pick em. I I feel like this is my fault because I probably should have looked at it. I do not know what the records were last week. I don't know if you, any of you guys have them, but I all I know is that we thought Georgia Tech was going to do well last week. That didn't work out. UCF touched pretty sure. Players. I'm pretty sure I was perfect other than that game. There we were, go. like, hoping that Georgia Tech was going to come through because we don't like UCF. And yeah, that certainly true. that certainly did not happen. The opposite happened. By the way, do you, number 30 on UCF has been on UCF for maybe 10 years. His name's like <laughs> McCray. I don't know what his name like – like, he's been on, like, the team since Mackenzie Milton was, like, a freshman. So, I don't know what's going on there if they're just – Sneaking guys back into the program after they graduate, but that guy's been there for 15 years. Other than that, let's take a look at the slate this week. We'll start off. I mean, Oklahoma lane 27 and a half in Norman noon on Fox against Kansas State. I know Kansas State lost a bad game week one, but 27 and a half is a lot of points. Too many points for me. I, I got Kansas State covering. I, that's – I know you're, you're right, Collins. Not, not a great performance week one, but that's just too many points for me to feel safe with taking them. And Oklahoma hasn't really played anyone. Spencer Radler got basically a scrimmage in for their first game, so it'll be interesting to see week two. I, I, I'm, I mean, Oklahoma covers these big numbers, but I, I think Kansas State will be ready to play. I like their quarterback, regardless of what happened week one. I believe his name's Thompson. He's a good player. So I, I like Kansas State to cover the 27 and a half. I don't give me the Sooners. You can't okay. lose. At, you can't lose at home to Louisiana and have my respect going into Norman, because um, there will be as many fans as possible in Norman. Because they have fans in, Oklahoma, in the stands. Because oh yeah, in Oklahoma, COVID doesn't exist. Don't you know that? Um, <laughs> so uh, give me the Sooners. I think that they cover twenty-seven and a half. It just feels like one of those. One of those noon games in Norman where Oklahoma just blows somebody out of the water. Okay, I get that. I know this isn't funny, but it, it's it's kind of funny every once in a while when you look and you're like, you look at Clemson, you're like, are they really socially distancing in, in the stands? And like, did, I mean, Florida State, there's like, I, I don't know how many people they've been in there. It's not funny, but like, you're just like, it, it's every time you like, you kind of gas on your TV, you're like, that's. SEC is an SEC, ACC is an ACC, Big 12 is an a Big 12. Like, these people just love college football so much. They won't let anything stop them. But we'll move on. SEC, we kind of already touched on this game a little bit. New kickoff on SEC Network. I don't, wow. I don't know how this isn't a 3.30 Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson game on CBS. Number 23 travels to the Plains of Auburn. Number eight, Bo Nett's second year. Auburn Lane ten and a half. Oh, that line has actually been updated to seven and a half. Seven and a half. Excuse me, yep. then. I was about to say that looked like a really big number. It was ten and a half when I made this dock an hour ago. And now it's seven and a half. Gotcha. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Wildcats. I mean, I wasn't overly impressed with Bonets last year. He started off really hot in that Oregon game in the Cowboy Classic. But that Auburn offense struggled all year. And, and without that step, that was one of the best Auburn defenses they've had in the last 10 years. I mean, Derrick Brown was a monster up front for them. They had some really good guys in secondary. 
and I still think they'll be solid on the defensive side of the ball, but, I mean, they lost a lot of guys. Like I said, Derek Brown and a few others. I don't have that much faith in Bo Nitz. I know that might be unfair after he was only a freshman last year, but give me the Wildcats to cover seven and a half. I would have taken Auburn to cover ten and a half, and I'm going to take them to cover at seven and Ooh. a half. Yep, nah. Malzahn will be ready. Auburn was picked to finish second in the SEC, so I'm I'm not worried. I, Kentucky, at least to me, seems as one of those teams that whenever they play someone better than them in the SEC, they always go running for the hills. Went seven and five last year. They're just a very mad team. They're better than Vanderbilt and the bottom tier teams of the SEC, but I I can't see them really putting up much of a fight. They actually have a quarterback this year, though. They don't just have an athlete just doing the. I mean, Lynn Bowden last year, I talked about him a lot on this podcast, but shout out to that guy. Literally played mm-hmm. wide receiver, running back, and quarterback, and they were a good team in SEC. I am going, I'm right there with Stearns. I would have picked him to cover at 10.5, and, and I'm going to pick him to cover at 7.5. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Um, I just think that Auburn at home is good for more than a touchdown over Kentucky. Okay, okay. Another noon kick here on ACC Network. Number 24, Louisville, travels to number 21, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's laying three points at home. I don't know if Pittsburgh's wearing those alternate uniforms that they released this week with the steel. They're really cool. If you haven't seen them, go look them up on Twitter. But I like Pickett's. I really like the quarterback. I think they covered minus three. Louisville was not impressive last week. I do think this game will be a little bit of a shootout. I know it's a Narduzzi defense and stuff like that, but I, I don't think that's Pitt's bread and butter this year. I think it's more on the offensive side of the field. I like Pitt to cover. It's about the high-scoring game. I got Louisville winning outright. Wasn't impressed. Okay. Wasn't impressed after – wasn't impressed with Pittsburgh's subpar performance and Narduzzi's subpar performance against Eastern in, in, the, uh, in the quick lane bowl back in December. They're, they're, they saw the quick lane bowl hangover. I, 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 so I'm not – I know Louisville's defense was brutal last week, but Miami's a good football team, and Pittsburgh's always good to go 6-6, six and 5-7 six, and seven in the ACC every year. Every year it seems like you talk about them slowly becoming one of those upper, upper echelon teams, and then they slowly fade back down to mediocrity. Give me Louisville outright. I – could not disagree more about this. Louisville, with you, Stearns, Louisville. Louisville kind of stinks, They dude. They looked sleepy. They had game <sighs> day. At, they had college game day at their place. They had some fans in their stadium, and they just let Miami run up and down the field on them. I, I just think that's kind of a demoralizing loss, and I'm picking Pittsburgh to cover free at home. And if Pitt's wearing those jerseys, I'll I'll put a lot more money on them because that's what those yeah. jerseys are sweet. Did you guys see those? Yes. Yeah. Oh, they're nice. They're, they're nice. I liked it. whoever thought of those, kudos. You didn't mess up Pitt's that Pitt's on great jerseys just in general. Anyway, they're home blues now. Fire. Got the old Tony Dorset look going. Okay, and that's staying 330 kick on ABC. West Vod travels to Oklahoma State, number 15 in the country. Oklahoma State lane eight and a half. I mean, Oklahoma State looked horrible last weekend against Tulsa. That, that I number understand. has moved to seven now. Seven. Okay. Oklahoma State minus seven in Stillwater. I don't know if Spencer Sanders, their starting quarterback, will be available. He was hurt during the Tulsa game and didn't return. I mean, they looked bad, but they didn't have their starting quarterback, so I'm not going to take that with a grain of salt. 
I don't really like Westlaw this year. I, I'm going to take Oklahoma State. I think they have a bounce back. I think they slept, walked through week one. And, and it's kind of crazy. I think they're like the only fans in America who kind of still have like a home field advantage because maybe them in Mississippi State because they got the pokes. They're just hitting the wall and it's loud in there. So I like Oklahoma State to cover seven. I'm right there with you. I think that um, – And Chubba Hubbard, was, is, he, he's due to get going. If it was somebody better than West Virginia, I would say that Oklahoma State's not going to cover whatever number it was. But they just looked sloppy and not very good against Tulsa. But I don't think West Virginia is going to pose any challenge to them that they can't win by a touchdown or more at home. Um, so give me the Cowboys. Well, West Virginia beats the brakes off of Eastern Kentucky on September 12th, but I'm right there with you guys. I was not impressed at all by the backup quarterback play of Oklahoma State. It was just fade route, fade route, fade route, fade route every time. I went over to – It was with, an ugly I, game, man. I, I was at our – I was me and our uh, sports director, Luke Sloan, went over to Buddies, and I remember looking at him and saying, this guy has no arm strength. Like, he cannot put any mustard behind so, St- Stearns is just sitting on the couch like, I'm better than this guy. This guy stinks. No, 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 no. You put, you, 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 put me, you put me in there, and I throw a pick six, four out of my first five passes. I'll admit that. But I can also admit when it's like, this guy, I think he was a Juco transfer, their second-string quarterback. It's like, if he – man, if I, I'm going to pray to God that, o- that Oklahoma State runs out their starting quarterback – because if not, my bet's going to look really bad. Yeah. I, Spencer Sanders last year kind of had a shaky year. Their starter now, true sophomore, really talented, though. So uh, it will be interesting to see if he's good to go. I think it was like an ankle sprain, something like that. It didn't look too serious, but could keep him out of this week because I don't think Westfall is that big of a challenge for them if they're able to figure out what they're doing on the offensive side of the football and get chew with the ball. Next game, another Big 12 game. Number eight, Texas. Lane 18 at Such Texas. Such a weird number. At Texas understand. Tech. Texas Tech looked really, really bad against Houston Baptist. I believe yeah. that's who they played. They almost they only won by three. But, I mean, Texas is going to score a million points. I don't know if their defense is going to be able to do the same. You know what I mean? Like, their defense has struggled the past few years. That's why – they usually don't cover big numbers, and that's why they usually don't win big games because their defense gives up too many points, and their secondary hasn't been that good. I, I'm going to take Texas to cover minus 18 because with Chris Ash as their defensive coordinator, maybe something has changed, or maybe something looks like it's changed, and Texas touches is not that good. But I'm going to take Texas lane to 18 and that 18 points, excuse me. I am too. Texas week one beats the brakes off of UTEP, and – you cannot stress how bad of a football team Houston Baptist is. Not good. Houston Baptist is a step above a JUCO, and to beat them by two, you <laughs> want Houston Baptist score 33. Are you kidding me? I would have take Texas by 30. Go on. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right there with you guys. 18 is, to me, such a weird number. I don't Not know a why. football number. Not a football number. I don't know why, number. where we came up with 18. It's a Chris Caesar's Berman number Palace. right there. Chris Number uh-huh. Berman. Chris Berman but number, sorry. Chris Number Berman. Um, yeah. I'm, take, that I'm, taking, I'm taking Texas, too. I think that you guys said it. Texas Tech is not – in the post-Kingsbury era, Texas Tech has not 
rebounded at all. So give me the Longhorns to cover 18 on the road. Another good matchup in SEC. Number 16, Tennessee goes to Columbia, plays South Carolina at 730 on SEC Network. Tennessee's lane three and a half. I like South Carolina money line. I really do. I I know we kind of talked about Tennessee earlier, and maybe that Pruitt is probably the right guy to turn this around and make them and not maybe not to a national power, but back into a regional power where they're contending for SEC East championships. I just really like the South Carolina quarterback, Holinsky. He was a true freshman last year. Maybe I don't know if he was true or a redshirt, but he was freshman last year. He showed me some things in some big games. I, I watched a game in the rain against Florida last year where he showed a lot of toughness. I like South Carolina in this spot, and especially in week one. I, I think Tennessee will struggle. Give me South Carolina money on. I think Tennessee struggles, but the important thing is it's a three-and-a-half-point spread. That's nothing. You can play crappy at five good minutes and cover that. I know South Carolina, really good recruiting class. You bring in Jordan Birch, a five-star. Marshawn Lloyd, a high four-star. Luke Doty, a high four-star. But I, must have doesn't impress me. You went four and eight last year, and it seems every year there are six and six, seven and six football team meeting Michigan in the Outback Bowl. So, frankly, I, I agree with you, Collins. I think the first half's kind of a sloppy, uh, sloppy slugfest, but Tennessee wakes up in the fourth quarter and they cover and win. I, what you said about South Carolina and their quarterback is very true in my mind as well, Collins, but I'm with Stearns here. I think Tennessee covers barely. By, okay. I think they I think they win by like a touchdown or four or five points. I just think that Jeremy Pruitt is the guy for Tennessee, and this is going to be the, the first small step in bringing Tennessee back to, to SEC relevance. So give me the volunteers to barely cover three and a half on the road to start the season. That's game really interesting. Number 22, Army. Good for them. I mean, I love Army's coach. Fantastic coach. I mean, you've seen it the last four years. He's kind of just revived this program. They travel to Cincinnati, who's number 14th in the country, Luke Fickle. Cincinnati's lane 14 points. Is that correct? It's down to 13 and a half, but yeah, basically. Cincinnati is lane 13 and a half, 330 on ESPN. I love Army. I absolutely love – that is too many points against a triple option team. And I really like Army's quarterback. I, the name escapes me, but I, I mean, they've been one of the teams who have played early and have a couple of games under their belt, and they've looked solid. They've been able to create turnovers too on the defensive side of the football. They played a Middle Tennessee State team who is no slouch. They weren't bad. Middle Tennessee State is a decent mid-major football team, and Army made them look like a cupcake. So I, I, I honestly liked Army to cover the thirteen and a half, and I wouldn't be surprised if they went outright. Neither would I. Army's just – they're one of those teams that never gets blown out. They don't always win. Eh, They can. They can. They're hard to to blow out, though. They really are are hard to blow out. So, yeah, this would not surprise me at all to see Army win. This just seems like one of those sleepy Saturday games and then you turn on at 4.30 and it's like, holy crap, where did Army come from? But I don't think Army wins, but I'm with you. Two touchdowns is way too much. If it was like five, six points, I'd take Army. Or I would take uh, – I wouldn't take Army to cover. This this is too much agreement happening here, fellas. Yes. I think, I think that um, – Smart brains think alike. I don't I think, think I said that, that right, but hey. That Army 
covers barely. I think they lose by like 10. I still think Cincinnati's the better football team. They're going to win the game at home. But you said it, Colin, 13 and a half is just too many points for me. Um, I, I think the Black Knights are going to cover. Dude, Cincy, Cincy is such a weird program because they're never really that good, but they're usually, like, they're good. I, I don't know how to explain it. No, I, like, you look back to, like, the Tony Pike era when they went to, like, the Sugar Bowl with Brian Kelly and they, they get their head torn off by Florida. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Cincinnati. I, I just don't like him in this spot. I do like their quarterback, though. He's a two-year starter, I believe. I think he's in his third year. Started as a true freshman for Cincinnati. So, I like that, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I really like Army in this spot. Last and last game, a little rivalry, probably the first rivalry of the season. Florida State at Miami. Mike Norvell, I do not know if he's coaching because he has – not. He's not coaching? No. He's in isolation, so he won't be with the staff. I believe the associate – Head coach for them is taking over the reins of play calling and stuff like that. Miami minus 11, 7.30 kick on ABC in Sun Life Stadium. Hard Rock Stadium now, sorry. Think about it. that now. They switched that too many times. Just make it the Orange Bowl again. Just make it the Orange Bowl again. Be that a would lot be easier, easier for, for everyone. everyone. Yes. Come on, figure it out. But, I mean, Miami looked really good last week. De'Aaron Kent looks like he's fit right into this program. I don't think they cover minus 11, though. I think last week was a little bit of a mirage. I do like Florida State. That was a bad loss against Georgia Tech. But Georgia's Tech is like no slouch. I'm not saying – and I think James UCF Blackman – UCF says otherwise. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I like James – I like their quarterback. I know he makes a lot of mistakes. I think he's been dealt a really bad hand since he's been there. Having to go in there for Francois – and then getting pulled back. Three different forth. head coaches. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I like Blackman. I, I I think he steps up here a little bit, and I think it's a close ball game. I think Miami is able to pull it out at the end, but I think it's a close ball game. So, I like Florida State to cover. Now, give me – I would have taken Miami by 20. Oh I'm sorry. God. Florida by State. 20? Come on. No. Yes. 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 Florida it's State. Every game. It doesn't matter. It's not really a rivalry game if – there's no atmosphere, if nothing. It's not a rivalry. There's never an atmosphere at Miami games. You know what I mean, Collins. If the turnover chain era. People, if you have 15,000, 10,000 people in the stands, it's not the same. I guess. Okay. At Georgia Tech not is not a good football team. Okay, girl, I, and yeah. I, I don't want to I say I don't like Georgia Tech still. They went 3-9 and nine last year, and Mike Norvell isn't that impressive. Florida State went 6-7 and seven last year, and – let King go up and down and up and down and up and down, and they almost hung 50. Give me. So, are, are, are you a Manny Diaz supporter now, Stearns? I'm not a After Manny Diaz week? supporter. I, I'm just, that was impressive. Okay. You have to, until they show that they they put 50 on a ranked Louisville team. Say what you want about Louisville. Okay? You can say Louisville doesn't belong in the top 25. You can say Louisville kind of stinks, but Louisville's better than Florida State. I would – I'm with Stearns here. I would not have – I would not have picked Miami at 20. I think that 11 is just barely enough for me to pick Miami. Um, but I'm – without Mike Norvell, I don't even know, like you said, Stearns, if he's really the, the long-term answer for Florida State. But he's not going to be there. There's a like Norvell. I kind of like Norvell. Eh, we'll see. I don't know. That loss to Georgia Tech just left a really bad taste in my mouth about them. 
Um, it's just one game. I know, but the way that it happened, it was not just the the, the yeah. fact that they lost, but the manner in which they lost was just a total and complete meltdown. You put three yeah. um, points on Georgia Tech. And That's meltdowns bad. meltdowns at the end of games are a reflection on bad coaching. Um, so I, I think Miami's going to cover 11 barely. Like you said, Collins, it's a rivalry game. There'll be a lot of emotion, a lot of a lot of things happening out there. But I think Derek King showed last week that he's worth having some faith in to to cover this number. Okay, another good week of the pick'em. Next week we will have. I don't know if we'll be back next week. We'll figure it out. I mean, we'll probably take a week off and then come back. I think that would be what three weeks out till kick. Yep. So we'll probably do that, but I mean, we'll update the pick-em rankings to keep the listeners involved. But other than that, for Ryan Collins, Nathan Stearns, Eric Bach, keep following WDBM Sports on Twitter and all social media platforms. we got some good stuff going on. Hopefully, we will be live this year doing Mission State football games. No promises there. I mean, it's the COVID world. We never know if we're going to get media access, but – Whatever we get, we'll deal with, and we're going to put good content out for, for this Mission State football season. So keep following with us, and we'll see you guys in a couple weeks.